0: he's been putting in work for so long putting a lot of work what's going on guys welcome back to putting in work i'm johnny peck and this is episode 35 thank you for listening thank you for those kind reviews this week's review of the week comes from lefty logan aka logan wilkinson his five star itunes review says johnny is a deft and thoughtful interviewer who pierces to the heart of his guests and explores their incredible stories in moving fashion i don't know if i could have pimped it better myself logan so thank you very much And go check out Input, his uh, very intellectual video games podcast over on Irrational Passions. This week, joining us on putting in work, the wonderful, the Canadian, Ali Mushka. Ali's a super intelligent young woman from Toronto. I actually invited her on the show because at the time she was studying law at Harvard University. And I thought, man, I don't think I know anyone else that's ever been to Harvard. So come on the show. Let's talk about how you managed to get in there because it is, you know, quite a process to get there. But when I reached out to Ali, she said, you know what, I'm actually leaving Harvard to focus on my YouTube channel. Let's talk about that. So that's what we did. Uh, Ali's YouTube channel is very much focused around her love for the Dark Souls video game franchise. For people who don't know, that's an action RPG, kind of a fantasy setting, very dark, as the name implies, and also very difficult, so for Ali to focus almost exclusively on that style of game is quite different. And she's built herself quite a following over there. She's got more than 7,000 subscribers. But during her time at Harvard, it's kind of been on the back burner. So getting back to that has been a really big decision for her and her new focus at the moment. And you might think leaving Harvard to run a YouTube channel? What's she thinking? It'll all make sense very soon. And I'm excited to see what Ali does next with this channel because the way that she approaches... Her videos are very thoughtful and intellectual, especially the ones where she goes into a bit more detail explaining, you know, the lore behind this world of Dark Souls and approaching it with more than just here, watch me play this game for half an hour. So, say hello to Ali, enjoy the show as far as I know, you're my first Harvard student, past or present, to be on the show. So, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. That's so, uh, right. Let's maybe start with that, because we've got a lot to cover. Can you tell me about the path towards Harvard? Because it, even in Australia, it's this huge name, it's this huge institution, yeah. and kind of the archetype of, you know, a successful person is, I went to Harvard, so... How did you get there and what was it that got you in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so something really interesting, something that I admired about Harvard is is the brand. Like you mentioned, Harvard has one of the strongest brands in the world. It's up there with Coca-Cola. You go anywhere in the world and you mention Harvard and people know what it is. So kudos to them for, for doing that. Um, a lot of stuff like... Having it in Legally Blonde, other law schools mm. kind of denied that. But they're Harvard's like, sure, yeah, let us be everywhere. And <laughs> so good for them. Yeah. I went to Harvard Law School specifically. So the route to that at the time was, I guess, in three parts, you required a LSAT score. LSAT is the law school admission test, which is basically an IQ test on your verbal reasoning. Um, So it has nothing to do with the law. Some people sometimes ask me when they heard I did well in LSAT, you know, ask me about the law. It really has nothing to do with the law. It's all logic games and uh, arguments and then reading comprehension. So you're required to write that. It's a four hour or so test that you write in a day in a strictly administered setting. Uh, And then I ended up tutoring that for a while after I did well. So that's part of it. The next part is that you needed a very good GPA. So you have to do uh, very well throughout university or college uh, to get into Harvard Law School, pretty much straight A's.
0: So you had to and, be studying something else already?
1: Yes. So in uh, Canada and the United States, law school is a post uh, no, 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 postgraduate sure. uh, program. So I know in the U.K. It's, uh, it's just an undergraduate program, whereas it's postgraduate here. So you require a bachelor's in something. Anything. It doesn't matter. You don't have to take required courses. You can take anything you want. So you have to have done well and done well in fairly rigorous courses and courses that involve writing. They're looking for that as well. And then you have to write a personal statement. So basically an argument of why you want to be a lawyer, why you want to go to law school, uh, what you want to do with your degree, and just more about who you are and your academic interests. And then letters of reference, pretty much two uh, academic references. And then if you have some other exceptional thing about you, like you were in the military, you can get a letter of reference from there, but they're not really looking for work references. So it's a long process, and um, it, it's actually been fairly well gamified, law school admissions. Uh, because of the law school's obsession with numbers. So my numbers were above the 75th percentile at every law school in the world. Uh, just my, my LSAT and my GPA. So I was pretty well known that I was getting in everywhere I applied. That's kind of a drawback because people like me who are, um, have a fairly high IQ, fairly smart, but didn't really know if law school's the right path. I can, I can still get in wherever I want just because law schools are very obsessed with numbers. Um, So there is a way to kind of, yeah, it's been gamified and there's a way, if you understand the system, which I did very well, I came to understand what law school admissions was all about. So I found out what they were looking for, did that, had the talents to, I guess, do that. And then I got in.
0: And what was it you were wanting to do after, if you had finished Harvard and moved on to career in being a lawyer or? Uh,
1: It would have been a lawyer. Um, The thing is, once you graduate from law school, law is really, at least at the beginning, the only job which will allow you to really service your law school debt. (laughs) Um, So Harvard has, a good thing about Harvard is they have a low income protection plan. So you don't have to be uh, you know, the, the most uh, working at a private firm, you can do public interest law, make a little less money, and Harvard will help you out with your law school loans, but they still require you to be generally in the legal field or academia. So it would have been working as a lawyer. Initially, I came in, I, my undergraduate degree is in environmental biology and also the history and philosophy of science, and I studied climate change and climate policy for a very long time. I initially came in wanting to be thinking of doing environmental law and working in politics and policy. And then as my interests sort of changed in gaming and tech, I thought, well, okay, I'll go to law school, but then I'll have somewhat the best of both worlds. I'll work in entertainment law or intellectual property law, go to San Francisco, go to work at a tech firm in the Bay Area, and uh, be a lawyer. But yeah, really realistically, at least at the beginning, you have to work as a lawyer. Um, So it would have been working as a lawyer for five to ten years and then maybe transitioned out into I don't know, something else.
0: (laughs) Okay. So in the experience, the short experience at this point that you've had with Harvard, what's it been like to study there, to hang out there, the the other people, the other students and teachers that are there?
1: Yeah, It truly is the most incredible place in the world to me, uh, which is why it was so hard for me to leave. It was really heartbreaking and and I went through, you know, a lot of thinking about it and I'm generally happy now, but it is truly incredible. Uh, The professors there are really just listening to them talk. It's like a level of brilliance that I have never experienced in my entire life. Uh, Just their ability to talk about legal issues to this insane knowledge of pop culture all in like this amazingly eloquent way. It's truly incredible. The students, I in the short time that I was there, I made I think friends that will be friends forever. Um, they're just so amazing. There are people there who are also, um, you know, that I wouldn't necessarily see myself getting along with, but everyone there is is exceptionally uh, bright and really well-rounded and great to talk to and uh, international as well, which is something else that I really liked about it. So. I, you know, I would sit at a dinner table, and there would be someone from Australia, and someone from India, and someone from China, and maybe from Canada, and we would be sharing our experiences, and really incredible. And Harvard itself is like my favorite campus that I've ever been to. First of all, it's just beautiful, and you see incredible. People. Like I saw Malia Obama, I saw uh, JFK's grandson, who's actually in my class at Harvard. So, you know, within a week of me there, I saw an Obama and a Kennedy. Harvard Square is amazing, which is, so there's a main Harvard campus, and then there's this area called Harvard Square, which is full of pubs and restaurants and, like, has a great nightlife. I went to an art museum, like the Harvard Art Museum. we would be walking around the quad, and there would be, like, tons of events there. Even at night, there was, like, this choir singing one time. It's just truly, truly beautiful place. Um, ended up deciding that it was not worth uh, going roughly $300,000 in debt for.
0: We'll get to that, I'm sure. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk a bit about YouTube. When did you first get into YouTube, even as a yeah. consumer?
1: As a consumer, I guess uh, probably in 2014. I'd say I was probably watching YouTube about a year before I started my channel, which was in January 2015. And I started out, I think, mainly watching like gaming videos, yeah. Dark Souls videos. I think that's what really got me addicted to YouTube. And now oh. I just watch YouTube all the time. Um, primarily Hearthstone videos now. Um, and also, uh, vlogs. Vlogs and Hearthstone videos are my main thing. It's weird because now that I make, uh, Dark Souls videos, I don't like watching them as much. Uh, just because I think it's like a little bit oversaturated. <laughs> and also I don't want to steal other people's ideas. So I don't want to like be talking about similar things that they are. So Hearthstone and, and vlogs. Okay.
0: When did you come to the realization that you could have a successful YouTube channel just, almost just, from Dark Souls content?
1: (laughs) I think pretty early on. My channel has grown a lot more than most other channels in in my peer group, and I think that's because of Dark Souls. Uh, Dark Souls is just this incredible niche and an incredible community, and especially when, I mean, there are creators who make their like Vaddy for example, probably the biggest Dark Souls YouTuber who makes lore videos, makes $5,000 a month off of Patreon. Um, and so it's his full-time job. It's just creating Dark Souls videos. So it's it's really... Dark Souls is a very unique game. The community is just so passionate. And I made my biggest video, I made it t- five years later after Dark Souls 1 release. And it was about Dark Souls 1. And it's still incredibly successful so i think pretty early on i had already known um because i started watching people who did make their living full-time off of souls videos like fatty and uh, epic name bro and then i became friends with a streamer called dread cone he's part of a stream family that makes their living again they play other things but um primarily off souls games so i had already been acquainted with people who did that so i'm like hey i can i can just do that too and, and I wanted to as well. Um, the Souls games are just the games that I like the most and know the most about. So I can continually create engaging content in that area. Whereas if I just play another game, it's like I don't feel like I'm a master at it. So while it might be interesting, I do play some horror games sometimes and people do really enjoy that. <laughs> but um, Souls is just, it's comfortable and it's, it's what I know.
0: Sure. What was the biggest challenge in getting from one sub to the 7,000 that you have now?
1: I guess it's just challenging on knowing how to grow it, I suppose. Um, and, and well, for me generally, the challenge is always producing reliable content. I think it could be a lot farther now if I didn't continuously go on these five-month hiatuses yeah. when things in my life interfere or I, I kind of give up on my art. And it, it kind of sucks. Um, so creating reliable content, uh, like a scheduled content, regular content, is probably the biggest challenge for me. The way that I did it, though, was I got my first bump by, my again, my friend Dredd Cone. He shouted out my channel on stream. And because I made connections with people over Twitter, he kind of knew what I was doing when I started. So in one day, I went from, like, 10 subs to about 200 and then it took me a while to get up to a thousand, and then I got my big video, which got me all the way up to seven thousand. And so I have ninety videos on my channel, and like one of them is what I consider like big time YouTuber successful. So it is kind of also, um, and it's funny because I wouldn't have made my video that video on my own. Um, Sean Pitts actually was like, "Hey, Ali, make this video," and I made it in a weekend. And now it's been like my most successful video, um, which is kind of crazy. But now I'm like, oh, people really like my voice and really like when I do lore video. So I'm going to do more of that.
0: (laughs) So what was that video?
1: Yeah, so it's a story of Dark Souls 1 and 2 Explained. So it is my interpretation or dramatic retelling of what I think the story of Dark Souls is. The story of Dark Souls is very obscure and difficult to understand. And it's also... The game is difficult to play, so a lot of people don't make it all the way, but are still interested in the story. And even people who have played it all the way, there's so much information. The story is told primarily through item descriptions and things like that. So it's very difficult to get all of them. And also... People like me and Vadi, we're we're storytellers. So we take the information that other people have accumulated, um, in whether whether it be guides or like Reddit wiki, and then tell a creative story about it. So it's like my interpretation of the story of Dark Souls, and yeah, people people really dug it, which is so, nice.
0: <laughs> and how many views is that on now?
1: It's almost at three hundred thousand. So it's about two hundred and seventy nine thousand right now, I think.
0: Is that been progressively yeah. just adding or was there a huge hit at the start?
1: There was a huge yeah. hit. Yeah. There was a huge hit where I was like, oh my god, I couldn't believe it. It had spiked. So the way YouTube works is YouTube really likes audience retention. So I have a long video, about sixteen minutes, and the audience retention was crazy. So A fair audience retention is about 50%, so people are roughly watching 50% of your video, which is fair. Mine was very high. It was somewhere around 60 or 70, which YouTube is like, this is a gold video. We are keeping people here for a very long time. So it put me as a recommended video next to a video that had, a Souls video that had like a million views or something, and then my views like spiked up within three months. I think I went from about 10,000 to... Hundred thousand or hundred and fifty thousand views, and then it's still slowly been increasing, but there was definitely like a big spike, and now it's kind of mm. plateaued.
0: That's awesome! Yeah. Shout out to Sean Pitts, what a guy! Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was funny. It's funny. I have him to think for that. You're at
0: this point now. You've got this channel that's been somewhat dormant while yeah. you've been focusing on studying law and grown up real world yeah. stuff. <laughs> I guess some people would call it. What was the decision to quit Harvard and focus on YouTube or on being a personality that people will be drawn to?
1: Yeah, I think I just – I needed to go. I'm glad I went to Harvard um, because I had a really amazing opportunity. And all my life I had been very serious about my education and about – My studies, but I underestimated the amount that I had changed and the amount that my passions had changed. And so when I got there and was faced with the reality of the work that it would take to complete this degree and the money that it would cost and the sacrifices to my personal life and, um, what I foresaw as sacrifices to my mental health potentially and just doing a job that I didn't really want to do, I figured I'm going to have to work really, really hard at Harvard. So why don't I just leave and then work really, really hard at YouTube or making it in the gaming industry, which is what I truly love at the end of the day. So either way, it's going to be hard. I did walk away from, um, you know, something that people traditionally consider successful and prestigious and which would have been a ticket to a great job. But I saw myself kind of being trapped in a corporate culture that I didn't really want, and then I just had this realization: like, oh my god, life is too short to not do what you really want to do. So I was just like, after two days of class, I was hit with the realization: oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop out. This is crazy. This is surreal. But I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna leave. So I started, uh, you know, talking to my parents and talking to my friends about it, and then it was like I went away to uh, Nick and Shauna's of AV Youth. Uh, for the weekend and then talked about it more and um, shout out to them for just being the best friends ever in that situation of housing me and <laughs> it's like it's like definitely my the biggest crisis in my life Um but it's nice that like us creative types often like the reasons that the friendship we have in this community are so strong is because we all know what we're going through together and we need that support um, so it's really incredible yeah and then just decided that no, this is the right choice. It's terrifying. It's scary. I still, I'm getting yeah. getting better at it now, but it's it's scary to not have a fallback. You know, Harvard or law school or a prestigious education is always my fallback. You know, I'll be a Harvard Law School graduate. That's who I'll be. Now I have to make it on my own. It's very scary, but again, I figured I'd have to work hard either way, and I may as well choose what I actually want to do.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's a very bold thing to do, and... Redefining success in that way is a really interesting concept, I think, because right. you know, to some people, the certificate on the wall is the ultimate thing. But yeah. I guess to you, and you've you've got other degrees already, so it's not like right. it's Harvard or nothing. If you know, if you decide to change your mind and you want to be a lawyer, you still can, can't you? So
1: I could still go. Yeah, exactly. I could still go back to Harvard. Uh, technically. Okay. Um, they're pretty lenient with people coming back. So, you know, it could still happen. I don't yeah. think it will. I don't think that's a plan. And yeah, like you said, I have a great undergraduate degree. Um, so another another option for me in the industry is public relations. So I'm actually working on yeah. a public relations certificate right now. So I've actually enrolled. Um, it's kind of like a distance education. I'm working on that right now. And I've been in contact with again great friends who I've just made by traveling and who currently do work in PR so I think it would be a good blend of I can create I can work on my YouTube but I also can you know have have another option in a a serious field but that's more related to what I actually want to do in terms of games and and just talking to people and having fun and
0: (laughs) that's it enjoying my life there must have been people whether they were family friends or students that you'd met at Harvard for that short time but there must have been people who thought you were crazy to walk away so soon, were there?
1: Yeah, I. Th- no one told me that outright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think my parents, when I first told my parents, uh, they were kind of like, oh, just stick it out till the end of the semester. Hmm. And I was like, no, I know, and this is not going to get any better, and I don't want to spend more money um, because... Yeah. The
0: debt must be a a big factor.
1: The debt is probably the number one factor. Um, It's it's conceivable that if it was free, I would still be there. But uh, I was terrified by the debt. Um, Even leading up to it, I was really scared. Uh, But I kind of convinced myself that I rationalized it and that it would be okay. And other people told me, you know, oh, don't worry about it. You'll pay it off in in three years or something, working with the work that you want to do in Silicon Valley. And said, okay, but that's going to require working at a large firm, 80 hour weeks. And I mean, you can't, what if, what if I get sick? Or, you know, what if I decide that this is not the kind of work I want to do? I am still trapped. That is still under my name. And Yeah, there would really be no escape. So I was like, actually, no, I have to get out of here. But no one told me really that I was crazy. In fact, everyone kind of understood. I also had a lot of conversations with the administration as I was going through the process of leaving. And, yeah, everyone was, was sympathetic. And I think it's because I can tell. I have this ability to tell people very convincingly. Like where I am in life, and they and they just believe my rationale, and then I'll change it very quickly, and they'll be like, "What? Wait, what? No, you were like so set on Harvard, and now you're like so set on not." And it all makes sense. Um, and I think that's kind of always the way that I'm going to be. But yeah, no one, fortunately, no one, no one was like, "You're crazy." Yeah, that's good.
0: You've got good, (laughs) which is nice. Good friends and family. I do, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Was there a part of it where you had to get around your own? fear that this was admitting like some kind of failure that you started something you weren't Mm -hmm. prepared to finish yeah what was that like
1: so I still have that I mean it was it was rough it was definitely you
0: uprooted your whole life for this
1: exactly it was losing my identity in a lot of ways and now I'm rebuilding on who I am um a lot of who I who I was I didn't And I think that's why I went to Harvard. It's because, well, I've always been the smart girl. Uh, That's what everyone's always thought of me. And, you know, in order to prove to everyone that, yeah, that's still me, you know, I go to Harvard Law School, that's what I'm supposed to do. So in order to, when I made the decision that I want to leave, it was like, oh my God, I have no idea who I am anymore. And that is a very, very scary thing if you've ever been in that position, it's, it's very, very scary. I was very, very, very stressed. I was, you know, crying a lot, freaking out. I had to call my parents like three times a day while I was still there and just be like, please talk to me because I'm like having a breakdown and I need someone to talk to. Mm. Um, so it was not, it was not easy. Um, Now I've just kind of gotten to a place where I don't care as much about what people think. Um, it still is scary because I'm still like just starting. I haven't like become a success yet. I've had, I have all these like small little parts, but now I'm really going to have to prove to everyone that this was okay. You dropped out. So. This could be, there are times where I think, Oh my God, this is the end of you. Like, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. YouTube and games. You're just going to like end up working at a McDonald's and people will be like, Oh, remember like that Allie who's the top of our class in high school? She went to Harvard and had a breakdown and now she like works at McDonald's. Like, theoretically could happen, but (laughs) it hasn't yet. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the, the best thing about that is just, uh, not caring what other people think. And I think that when you have, when you found truly what you love, it's like, I don't care what anyone else thinks. It's just me and my thing and that's all I need and I'm going to somehow make it work and I'm happy to do that. So I think at Harvard, staying at Harvard w- was more about, you know, trying to prove to people something. But this is, I'm okay having failed at that because... This
0: is for you. Yeah. 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 That's great.
1: And I think it's um, it's kind of in a way it's kind of cool um, to be a Harvard Law School dropout. <laughs> um, I I'm in, I'm in okay company. You're in good company. company yeah. The author Henry James was um, a bunch of musicians were. Um, so I think uh, it doesn't feel too bad. First of all, because I it did do it so quickly, so it wasn't like I like went through classes and like started failing them. I think I could have done well. It just wasn't wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, and also, it is a very difficult thing to do to get there. So, even getting that, you know, if someone, it, I think it would be pretty hard to make fun of me in my situation. It's like, haha, you got into Harvard Law and then decided not to go. It's like, okay, well, you try doing it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I hear you. I'm just about to make fun of you, but now I can't. Right. <laughs> so, now that you don't have the distraction of Harvard yeah. in your life. What do you see yourself doing with the YouTube channel, and how far do you think you can take it? It's
1: amazing. I have. I'm coming up with a plan, um, generally, and I think a lot of that will involve Patreon and moving into Twitch streaming as well. Uh, I think it will be ever evolving, but a mixture between for the first year at least or so, mixture between finishing and rounding out my Dark Souls lore. So the big project that I'm working on now is completing my Dark Souls 3 explained, so I have Dark Souls 1 and 2 explained, finished Dark Souls 3. I also have people continuously and still to this day watch my videos for tutorial aspect as well so I would like to do a series on Dark Souls for beginners as well as Bloodborne for beginners hopefully at some point they'll announce Bloodborne 2 so that'll generate a lot of interest back into uh, me doing stuff with Bloodborne 1 which would be great that would help out your Uh,
0: content a lot I imagine (laughs) yes it would
1: it would (laughs) so and continuing continuing to vlog and then stream as well, and just looking for a bunch of different um, because I'm gonna have to be more creative and more entrepreneurial, and you know, smarter than and work smarter than I ever have before to actually make this work. But the bedrock will involve souls lore and souls tutorials, and then I just like vlogging, so that as well, and uh, Patreon, and then eventually, hopefully, I'm um, streaming on Twitch as well, which will be one of my goals for for a Patreon. I'm fortunate to have, um, I don't have the biggest following, but I have a highly, highly engaged following. So there are people who, if they like me, I'm a very niche product. I will never be, um, you know, a mainstream gamer. I don't really do that, but my fans are Are really loyal. And it's interesting because not a lot of them, I have two fan bases almost, one on Twitter and one on YouTube, and there's not that much crossover. So there'll be people who will watch every single one of my YouTube videos and, you know, but never really reach out to me on Twitter. But then I have people who follow me on Twitter and follow me for that persona, but then don't really watch too much of my YouTube videos because they're not into souls. So it'll be interesting to see if that'll work. And it's a process of trial and error as well so that's why I have kind of PR thing as a backup <clears throat> um and hopefully Patreon will be enough I'm fortunate to be single to not have any children um to be able to live wherever I want I'm not bound to anything so right now I'm living I'm not living in Toronto I'm living far outside of Toronto so it's easier I can go anywhere Um, to pursue this. That's another good thing about, you know, just making YouTube videos. It can happen from anywhere. So I'm flexible in terms of my finances. I can live off a fairly small amount, at least at first, until I leverage that. I know that as soon as I just start, success generates more success. So you have to think of it inter- incrementally, but then think of it as an investment. You get the ball rolling, you get more and more opportunities, and it becomes easier to make money and just to increase your brand and become more successful. And something really inspiring is just like in this industry, I've, I've met a lot of people who have started from very meager beginnings, and then I see their career path, and now they're doing great things. And it's like, well, you know, I want that to be me. I'm going to give up everything. In a way, I have lost everything i'm incredibly fortunate to have a very supportive family who was okay with me coming home and things like that and i have a place to stay which is nice but i've lost you know my career path um you know some friends of mine but it's like okay you don't have anything distracting you so just do your work and see where this takes you and it's very exciting it's terrifying but it's exciting
0: that's good yeah it seems that you have a clear view of what and who you want to be which It's more than a lot of people making content, I think, and that really makes a difference.
1: Yeah, and I will never just um, kind of do what everyone else is doing. I'll never just comment or just play whatever's popular at the time. Um, Sometimes I will, but I'm not just making gaming videos for the sake of making gaming videos. I have a very particular niche. I have very particular things that I like to do, Especially when it comes to Dark Souls, I'm lucky in that way, and I think that it is incredibly helpful. And Dark Souls really changed my life, which is kind of weird and crazy, but it, it has. It's, it's is insane. There,
0: is there a video on that?
1: <laughs> no, there should be.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dark Souls changed my life. I think that, that would, yeah. could be your next big one. Okay. <laughs> See what Sean Pitts has to say about it. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. There's so much advice that I could ask you about. Uh, advice about getting into Harvard, advice about YouTubing, but I'm going to leave it up to you to answer however you see fit. What would be your advice to people out there hearing this?
1: First and foremost, uh, if you're thinking of going to law school, don't. Uh, It may sound a little harsh, but try to do, unless you very, very, very specifically know exactly what you want to do and for some reason want to be a lawyer, I don't know why you would, but if you want to, then go there is no creative way to get around i thought that i could you know go there and still manage my online stuff and well this is just addicted to freedom and then no try your best to do anything else is honestly and genuine genuinely the advice that i would give to people and you know if you want to talk to me about that you can um Getting into Harvard Law School is uh, fairly simple if you have the right LSAT score, if you have the good undergraduate degree. So if, if you want to go into law school, start taking easy majors or start taking something that you know you will excel at because all that matters is your grades. Um, then start studying for the LSAT. Look up online resources on how to study. and I mean, I've taught people the LSAT, so also if you want to write the LSAT, talk to me. I would suggest you don't, but if if you really want to, um it's it's fairly simple, but it is an easy path and just know that you are being locked into um something that is not necessarily worth it for everyone. So those are my views on that. In terms of YouTube, YouTube is difficult. It's a very saturated space, but if you legitimately have like a real passion to create content and you have something to say, then just do it. Um, there are really no excuses not to do it. Uh, don't let anyone stand in your way of doing it. Um, my YouTube career has caused friction between me and my parents. Um, it's quasi-ended relationships, but it is, you know, something that I'm so passionate about and I don't think that there's anything wrong with with just doing what you love, as long as it's in in moderation and, and done in a healthy way. So now as I relaunch my channel, I am trying to do it in a more practical way and uh, just not let it all be time consuming and then create sort of okay videos. You know, I have to be smart about it. And I think, you know, you still have to maintain a daily life. You still have to have a job or some way of making money. I'm going to hopefully try to make It exclusively from from youtube and gaming related stuff but that may not work out and then also be practical and take some other kind of job um but just do it um because especially for me what i tell people is like if you have this bug it's probably not gonna go away i thought it would go away for me i thought i would go to school and i would just forget about it i would be so Hmm. and people kept telling me oh you're gonna go to school you're gonna forget about your Twitter and you're going to forget about all your gaming friends and you're going to whatever the YouTube like you're going to Harvard you're just going to forget about everything but I didn't and so it's uh yeah I feel like it's unlikely that you will too so if you you know if you have this bug it's probably not going to go away and you may as well go for it because life is too short to uh to not do things that you truly love
0: absolutely so Ali, if you could do anything and know you wouldn't fail what would you do
1: be a YouTuber.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're doing it. <laughs> um,
1: that's like, yeah. I've, I've talked about this before, too. It's funny because people are going to – there are going to be some people who for sure who know me who are going to roll their eyes at this again. Um, the Generally, people don't know. I mean, you know and my close friends know that I left Harvard, but um, kind of saving that announcement for the wider Internet um, until I was in a good enough place, and I am now, which is – good, but people are going to roll their eyes. You'll be like, Ali, you've done this. You've done this before. You said you're going all in on this YouTube and gaming stuff. And then like, you've started dating someone or like you've gone into Harvard Law School and then you just drop it on. And like, now you're back like Ali. Oh my God. But this is really great because now I don't have anything else. and now This is my only, you know, I've, I've gotten rid of all the plan Bs. And in, sometimes that is necessary in order to, like, there's, I have no crutches sure. anymore. Um, so I'm just doing, you know, what I, what I want to do, which is uh, exciting. Yeah.
0: That's cool. I played about <laughs> 20 hours of Dark Souls and Sick. got some curse that meant I had to backtrack to the other end of the map. Oh, so yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm done. That was fun. <laughs> I understand what the hype is, but I'm never going to play it again so um i might have to watch some of your videos Mm -hmm. to to get into whatever comes next from those guys but i wish you the very best and thank you very much for talking thank you
1: so much for having me it was
0: it was cool to meet you in san francisco but we unfortunately didn't get a great chance to talk like this Mm. so
1: So this was really lovely yes thank you so much
0: thank you for listening that was ali mushka you can find her on twitter at that little flight her channel is youtube.com slash alimushka. Hit that subscribe button for it. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah himself. Until next week, keep putting in work.